TopplessRobot.com presents... Dude, Luke, the printer's still busted, man. What the fuck? everybody welcome to episode 91 of the topless robot podcast my name is ryan i'm ted i'm brooks and i'm jesse <laughs> joining us this week is jesse aka street cleaner um and uh yeah so uh it's uh we don't have a dan we don't have a dan we do not yeah. have a dan this week dan is out of town uh in the middle of nowhere um, but we miss him. We miss Dan him is currently beginning his yearly metamorphosis when he breaks from his cocoon and his new skin grows in. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brooks, I, that's supposed to be kept private. How dare you dox him? <laughs> I want to start this week talking about the biggest news that we got this week, which is the PlayStation 5 reveal. PS5. Uh, did Wait. everyone see the the at least some of that? I have, a little, yeah. I have a question for you guys because the internet seems to hate it. I think that the freaking I think the design looks kind of cool. What did you guys think about it? I think I it looks You know what it reminds me of? So like, remember the like it's called Robo Sapien. Uh, it was like this like robot toy thing oh, from like oh, yeah, early yeah, yeah. 2000s. Like, it reminds me of that for some reason. I think it's just the curves and all the color. I can see that. I mean, it looks fine. Because it looks fine, but it's like, wow, they went, they, went, they, went, they went with this, like, year 2000 stuff. Those were that uh, that color scheme, that, like, white, black, and, mm-hmm. and blue light kind of thing. Uh, so yeah. I can see that. Um, it looks like something so, so, out of a sharper image catalog. Or like- Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a weird criteria that I judge my console aesthetics on, and is that's mm-hmm. uh, how well do they stack? Because how often do you have mm-hmm. a uh, just one video game console, you know, hooked up to your TV or something? You know, I don't know. For me, it's like living room's got a few of them. You know, in the bedroom, there's another couple, maybe some redundancy, like a PlayStation in each or something. But you're not supposed to be stacking them. But if you get these little stoppers, you can put a PS4 on top of an Xbox One, you know, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, so they can still breathe and they can still work. You're not stacking anything on top of this PS5. No, you are not. (laughs) It is a curved. It's like um, the PS3 in the the curved side. Obviously, like there's no way that they're going to force us to uh, have to uh, have it upright. There's absolutely no way. So I'm assuming that the side the left side of it is at least flat enough or it'll come with something that it'll be able to there, lie on its side. There's a picture of it. Like there's like a little like stand that comes with it that you, they, they show it laying down horizontally. Okay. Good. So yeah, it can definitely go horizontal. I'll, I'll, I'll find the picture and send it over. But cause yeah, yeah I'm going to, I'm going to get a screwdriver and take off all the unnecessary plastic off of it just so I could like <laughs> lay it down because you're going to take I, away I its popped collar plastics. You'll <laughs> 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 uh, activate its trap card. Cause obviously yeah, it's you know, metal yeah. <laughs> when I play video games though. I love sta- sitting there staring at my game console. Cause that's exactly <laughs> what I do. Yeah. Honestly, I think the design is better than uh, the series X because the series X <laughs> It just looks like a PC tower. 
like a micro ATX PC <laughs> tower? You know what the Series X reminds me of is um, in the 90s, you know, um, you have all these game consoles that were uh, um, um, like like the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis, for example. They spent mm-hmm. time on designing those and making them aesthetically pleasing. And you'd put the carts in on the top and stuff. They even redesigned the NES uh, as a top loader mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then there were other companies at the time that were trying to make more of a uh, adult kind of thing. So we had... Um, the uh, uh, I had a, um, a laser active, uh, for example, which is like the most, most brutalist, like black box. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and oh man, it could do amazing things, but it's this giant 20 pound black box and it's hideous to look at. You have the 3DO hideous to look at, CDIs hideous to look at, you know? Yeah. So in a way, I think that, that, that Sony is kind of going towards the whole like, Hey, this is look at this beautiful clean thing you're gonna put in your cool IKEA house, and then uh, Microsoft's like, you know, box. <laughs> box. <laughs> I, I the the first thing that I that I thought to myself when I you know saw the the design was just like, wow, I can't wait to see what like the second smaller one looks like. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a couple of years. Yeah, because they they always do, and I'm just, and I love that because I always usually get the smaller one. Yeah, <laughs> not like like the George Foreman PS3. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a George Foreman PS3. Right? <laughs> yeah, and the yep. slides. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the um, uh, controller looks nice. Controller looks comfortable, <laughs> and controller it's cool. Uh, cool that they added haptic. Um, uh, feedback on it so uh i feel like they're late to the party on that but i think that'll they'll implement it well hopefully um yeah uh, pressure sensitive triggers too so like it's got that ability to it's gonna be really well, annoying to play platformers where i have to pay attention to that shit too <laughs> i can already tell <laughs> technically uh the controllers that they have right now are pressure sensitive they're the mm-hmm. um on the shoulder buttons the shoulder buttons uh the r2 and l2 are, are analog yeah so it's a yeah mm-hmm. okay i guess it, yeah, yeah, I, I know because it fast forwards hulu every time i set the controller down on the yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a good point yeah. <laughs> um, every night we always start the TV up and we're just like, okay, put the controller on the table. Yeah. We're good. Uh, I found it. Keep an eye on it. Don't let it move. Yeah, and then Psychomanus starts yelling at you and says, put the controller on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I see you've been playing. Crash <laughs> um, <laughs> Ah, you like Castlevania. <laughs> I cheated and played it on GameCube, so he said, Legend of Zelda! <laughs> Super Mario Sunshine! <laughs> um, yeah. I found That's also it- my Starscream voice, but... <laughs> it was a good Starscream voice. <laughs> I found it really weird that they opened the their Future of Gaming video announcing GTA V for the PlayStation 5, which means Grand Theft Auto 5 has now spanned three console generations. Soon we're going to get it on on refrigerators as well, and uh, we'll have it... We'll I can play, play GTA, GTA, GTA 5 on my Sirius XM radio console. <laughs> <laughs> so at first, at first when I heard that, I was kind of like, oh, that's ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. 
And then somebody said there's, you know, somebody, uh, Nintendo leak or whatever, which may or may not be true that, um, that uh, Wind Waker is um, being planned. The Wind Waker remaster is being planned uh, for the uh, um, uh, Switch. And I, I got all like, oh, hell yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Ah, Jesse, well, <laughs> I see the, what you did there. The thing with that, though, is that the uh, Wind Waker is old enough for us to feel a bit of nostalgia for it. Not necessarily the remaster, but you could argue that anything that came out on the Wii U warrants a re-release because they need a do-over. <laughs> because yeah. they didn't reach an audience with the the games that were released on the Wii U. Even the, you know, And there were some decent games there. They literally um, cut that game life cycle down by half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Five, people were playing Grand Theft Auto Five on PS3. They were playing it on PS4, and they were playing it. Uh, they will be playing it on PS5. Uh, and it's been a consistent thing. It hasn't gone anywhere. Like people are playing P- uh, GTA Five right now on their PS4s. I can't necessarily make that same argument for Wind Waker on and and people playing it on their Wii U's. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Wii U, I'm a Wii U apologist, and I have not hooked my Wii U up in years. I did. <laughs> I, I have in I this quarantine. I have it hooked up, so just you so did? I could play Super Mario Galaxy, uh, because <laughs> it's one of my favorite Mario games, and I, like I want to remaster a, a Super Mario Galaxy on the Switch, especially considering that was a rumor. It's there's not an official word from Nintendo yet uh, as to um, whether they're going to do it or not. Um, I thought it was official that we're going to get Galaxy uh, Sunshine. It would be great if if that turns out to be true, but I found no substantiated evidence that it came from from an official channel. Um, I thought Kotaku wrote an article about it. Obviously, it's Kotaku. Right. Uh, but it would make sense because they actually wouldn't even have to do a lot of work in order to get Super Mario Galaxy out on the Switch because Super Mario Galaxy was released on the NVIDIA Shield in China. And the hardware in the Nintendo Switch is all basically an NVIDIA Shield. Uh, oh, um... Oh, Polygon gave a, actually did a thing about it. Hmm. Yeah, I think it would be rad, uh, and and I certainly hope that they do end up doing that. But you know, that's just me wanting to. And that's another thing is with these with switch ports, it's not exactly the same as porting from one generation to the next, or you know, like Skyrim being released a million times or anything like that. Because now it's like, oh, I can play this mobile, whereas I you know wouldn't uh, couldn't play Wind Waker mobile before. I gotta say though, like, uh, did, did anybody here play the uh, Wind Waker remaster yes. on Wii U? I did. It's I love gorgeous. it. I did. They really improved it. Just mm-hmm. those little tiny micro changes that they did. The the little minute changes was so vast in the scope of the entire gameplay as a whole. Well, like the this whole is, not having great. to sail everywhere. <laughs> That's already a huge bonus. And when you do yeah. sail, giving you the 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 sail that can that you don't need to change the wind yeah. direction every time you want yeah. to turn a different direction. Like, Oh my God, that felt so nice. <laughs> yeah. I was, a, I was a purist and I started out playing it without that sale. And then I was like, fuck, I forgot how annoying this is. Yeah. That, that is a great Zelda game. And I remember all of the flack that it was getting when it came out. I do. 
Oh, these baby graphics. Look at this. This is not my Zelda. Isn't that what we do, though? I mean, like, we 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 kind of like harp on everything, you know, and, and even if we don't harp on everything, we, we tend to give the attention to people that do harp on things like I. So I, I last month finished um, playing Twilight Princess again um, since it is my first time playing it since it first came out. So it's been a while. You know, I literally forgot everything. It's been about a while. It. It's God been a it. while. <laughs> God damn it. Since I played some Twilight Princess. <laughs> yeah, but the things I can remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but but like I played through it and it was an okay game, but like, you know, being being on Zelda, you know, subreddits and Facebook groups, people hate on that game so much and I, I just can't figure it out. I mean People go, oh, Okami's better if you want to play Okami. And it's just like, nah, I don't know about that. And I also wouldn't argue that one is a substitute for the other. Yeah, Yeah, they both have dogs in them, Ryan. Yeah, right. Like, (laughs) well, fuck me, I guess. Do you (laughs) hate dogs? Is that what we're hearing? You're going to hear it first. I'm going to tell us about vodka. The... I, I never really hear too much hate for Twilight Princess, though I wasn't a huge fan of Twilight Princess. Uh, I enjoyed it fine. Um, the one that I do, uh, hear unending hate for is Skyward Sword. Yeah, that's what I hear. Oh yeah, I'll agree on that one though. That's because they, 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 accessibility is very important in video games today. Accessibility is one of the most important things. So, so I hope we can talk about it, but I'm, I'm working on a video game right now and accessibility is, is really, really important. Mm. And when they literally put like the you put that entire game behind controls that don't work. And mm-hmm. on top of that, I, 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 I don't have any limitations myself, but you literally just pointed at everybody with any physical limita- limitations and said, fuck you, you don't get to play our game. Yeah. You know, like that, that, that was one of the stupidest things they did. And from what I understand, I mean, I played maybe three, four hours of that game, but from what I understand, it's not a bad game. The controls are awful though. And the fact that they built that entire game around the whole like, um, yeah, the like Wii mechanic. Motion Plus. Okay, do this way, yeah. that way, that way, this way. Okay, attack from this side, attack from that side. So even if they did make a controller adaptation version of it, it wouldn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like they would have to rebuild the whole game. And I mean, I'd rather see that money be put towards a, another Breath of the Wild type game. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh, the and like in theory, it's not like it basically serves as a tech demo for you know, their Wii Motion Plus, and that's it. Yeah, I already got crossbow training, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the back to the uh, PS5 uh, announcement, there were a bunch of games that were announced in that as well. And uh, so I have uh, some notes that I took while watching it. Um, new Spider-Man game uh, with Miles Morales. I am super fucking pumped for that. Uh, but oh, yeah, that one should be good. There seems to be some disconnect as to whether it is a DLC or a standalone game. Developers are saying it's a standalone game. Uh, PlayStation has said that it's DLC. So I'm probably going mm-hmm. with the developers on this. I'm pretty sure they know what they made. Uh, so it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be standalone. They weren't um, able to get into the same room and talk to each other because of COVID. So yeah, right. <laughs> just a disconnect. <laughs> um. Go for it. I got a little funny story for you. 
I'm sorry I'm moving around so much. <laughs> uh, I apologize. I'm trying to make the best of, of what I got. But um, I, I uh, got a job a few years ago. I got a little day job, and um, it was at a printing company where they printed uh, books, posters, uh, flyers. Um, you, you think, you, you name it, they printed it, and it was uh, kind of a big deal. Um, and I literally got this job simply so that I could get a in on making rad merch, like mad. Oh yeah, of like, course. Yeah. So like my whole idea was like, I wanted to make some custom boxes and stuff like that. So I could do box sets and stuff. And, and to do that, to, to order those and to buy them yourself, it's an astronomical price. And so I was like, it'd be really cool to like work for this company, you know? And so I applied and I got the job there just so that I could like have an in doing this. And <laughs> So I'm in the lunchroom one day and I'm looking out the window and there's a total of like nine people or seven people that work at this entire factory, this company, which that's how automated everything is. And I'm in the lunchroom and I'm looking out the window and there's a bunch of food trucks and there's nothing but like, like, uh, uh, I, I hate to use the word millennials, but it explains like the, roughly the, the age that all these people are, you know, like sure. I'm a millennial technically, you yeah. know, um, I think we all are probably. Yeah. I think but, uh, I'm pretty sure we're all technically millennials, but you know, and everybody had their hair dyed blue and, and everybody had piercings and, you know, who, you know, who would ever dye their hair blue? Yeah. Right. I know. So it's an affront I, to I, nature. And, and we're in the middle of a commercial business area. There's, it's, there's nothing, nothing recreational around. So, and it's the middle of a Thursday, you know? So I asked one of my coworkers, I'm like, what's up with that? And they're like, Oh, that's um, that's uh, Sony video games, Sony Interactive or whatever. And I was oh, like, really? "What?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's that's where that's Sony, you know." And I was like, "Crazy!" So I decided to go out there and like start like talking to people, like, "Hey, hey, fellow kids, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> put your hat on. How do you do? Yeah, how <laughs> beach, beach, please. Am I right?" <laughs> and, 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 you know, and I'm like, just trying to schmooze and stuff and, and just, and, and just talk to people and yeah, come to find out like that's Sony interactive or, or whatever. Um, uh, inter that's where they're developing games and stuff. And, and so I tried to act like I was one of them, you know, and sit at tables next to them. And they were totally talking about this game they were working on Spider-Man. And uh, I was like, huh? So I got on the internet, I'm looking and absolutely nothing is being said online about a new Spider-Man coming out. Right. Huh. This is like, this is, I want to say I got a job there in 2017. Mm -hmm. So like not a single word is said about a new Spider-Man game coming out. And so I was thinking like, I could totally be that guy right now. Like, I could, <laughs> like This is another fringe benefit. Like I could totally just have lunch with these guys and be like, well, time to go back to that job that we do you know? <laughs> and then walk around the building, you know, and go Can to I a go different back. building make some games again <laughs> yeah. to the game what factory put me into the direction of the movie. game press <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh back to the like, game mines <laughs> everybody there was talking about it and yeah sure enough yeah the, the spider-man game came out of that place and uh, i thought that was kind of neat and i was like oh i knew about that <laughs> <laughs> i knew about spider-man before so, it was cool it was a killer fucking yeah. game it was absolutely great uh they absolutely yes. like super nailed uh every aspect of that game so i'm extremely excited for uh the miles morales uh arc to come out that'll be really fucking cool um <laughs> A new Horizon game is coming out. Oh my uh, god, it looks so pretty. Even which, though I never finished that game. Yeah, I still one. need to finish the first one. Um, but man, that, that it's another game that's just such a solid fucking title. Like, they had some real heavy hitters uh, in this. Um, in their 
you know, launch uh, video. Um, you know, but Spider-Man was so incredibly well received and not only heavy hitters, but exclusive heavy hitters. So Spider-Man and Horizon are only going to be on PlayStation 5 and they were incredibly well received when uh, the first uh, games came out for both of those uh, franchises. Um, Spider-Man was probably the most fun I had with the game besides yeah. God of War in the last five years. I mean, just the, the feeling of moving in that right. game is so perfect. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely nailed it. It was so much fun. Um, Little Devil Inside looked kind of interesting. Uh, the <laughs> art aesthetic and I think kind of what they're, you know, what the what's it called? Little Devil Inside. That sounds um, like a name of a disturbed album or something. <laughs> 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 like instead of the, the PlayStation brink noise, it goes. Yama. <laughs> but it was, <laughs> they, Yama, there was there was no text and no dialogue. It was just like, you know, kind of cutesy graphics and it kind of looks like you the entire game takes place inside of an old man is what i'm getting from it with the name being little devil inside and mixed with the gameplay in the way that they were showing things it it anatomy park yeah something like that but for some reason he's got a bunch of like creatures inside that you have to slay um cool they're diseases you got to get rid of the herpes and the... <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of, you know what will get me to buy a PS5 right away is if they come out with another Trover game. Oh, yeah. Yep. Trover yeah, was game, a lot of fun. I haven't played it in VR hand. yet, though. I don't think I've ever... It's worth it. I mean, I, I've only played it in VR. It wasn't until I beat it that I saw that there was a... That it's also non-VR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's both. I ended up picking yeah, it up PS- for uh, Switch and uh started playing it on switch um but i have it on uh ps4 as well uh so i need to hop into that in uh vr because it looks like it would be so much fun in vr i I love my psvr i hope it's uh i hope they have they said anything about ps5 being backwards compatible or they're not that i've seen um but i know that they are definitely emphasizing backwards compatibility with the playstation 5 and i would expect uh, especially with the amount of effort that they put into VR with the PSVR, that they would continue that moving forward. Uh, they, especially I love mine, man. I'm, I'm, they I'm, did show I'm, I'm, I'm a PSVR an, preacher. It's great. It, it's the lowest barrier to entry for a VR system. Boom, yeah, exactly. Um, the, if, if they didn't have that backwards compatible, I think that would turn a lot of people off of what's a burgeoning marketplace. Yeah. Just because like, no one's going to want to buy a new console and then also go and buy a new VR headset, which is probably going to be more expensive than the old VR headset. I got $1,100 right there. Boom. I know that they're, they're at least going to continue supporting VR. I just don't know what that's going to look like and look like in terms of backwards compatibility or forwards compatibility. Cause the, uh, in, they also showed off the new PlayStation camera, uh, in the, future gaming you know special thing that they did um yeah i mean showed off in that they were like camera that's that's pretty much it it looks like this cool thanks um it exists it is a camera and the only thing the only useful thing that they have used the playstation camera for uh since its inception like 10 years ago has been 
PlayStation VR. Uh, so we'll see. Oh, they used it for. Oh, I was thinking the Kinect. Never mind. <laughs> uh, Death Loop. Hey, you know what I want? I want to be able to uh, backwards compatibility with uh, the new Xbox with my uh, Steel Battalion setup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I want. Oh, my God. You're yeah, a Steel I Battalion bet. guy. <laughs> I bet. Because that setup had to. That setup had to have cost a lot. I, uh, I've had a green, I had a green one and a blue one. I still have the green one and it's, it's, I, it's, well, I bought it online and they shipped it to me from Capcom. So it, it, the box that the box comes in is from Capcom. So I thought that was pretty funny. It wasn't shipped via a third party yeah. um, thing. And then, uh, and I, I sold the blue one. I got, you know, when that, when people were freaking out over that in the Xbox 360 era, I, I came up on that, but yeah, I remember um, I, the only uh, PAX I went to was the first year they did PAX East in Boston. And uh, they had an entire uh, Steel Battalion room. Oh, dear. Wow. Because yeah. what was the, the max? Uh, right there. The max number of <laughs> players for multiplayer? Like they had a setup oh, to a support lot. like the max number of players. They had stations yeah. for every. It, it was fucking rad. I think I've only ever played Steel Battalion with the full setup like a few times. One of my buddies in junior high had had the full setup. And every time I went over, I'm like, I need to play. <laughs> <laughs> never, never been able to find my own. <laughs> um, Deathloop uh, was shown, uh, which looks really good. I wish it wasn't Bethesda because I really hate Bethesda. Uh, but it is Arcane Studios uh, who have shown us time and time again that they know what they're doing. Uh, so uh, for all, I'm sure that it's going to be a great game. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, Returnal looks interesting. What was? Did you see that one? Returnal? Yeah. Returnal, uh, I, I marked it as intriguing. Um, there, there are a lot here where they showed us just enough for me to go, okay, Sure. And Returnal it, looks like if Edge of Tomorrow and like an action RPG had a child. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which oh, I'm yeah, okay that's with. right. That's the uh, Assassin uh, Groundhog Day game. Yeah. Um, Project Athea. Uh, you know, they showed us like a little bit of that, which looked interesting. Square Enix game, uh, Kina Bridge of Spirits, uh, looked interesting in that, like anyone who loved Pikmin or Overlord, here's a game for you. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo looked kind of interesting, except it was more action heavy than I was kind of hoping for, for a game like that. Like I, I want the spooks. I, I don't really care much for the you are OP ghost hunter, man, you know, like hack and slash this ghost, you know, like that. I, I that, uh, <laughs> combat and, and, and horror games do not, and the Venn diagram of video games, combat and horror should never cross. Yeah, I agree. And, and if you've ever played Silent Hill downpour, that's nothing's more evident than that Yep. because you can't, you can't have an immersive, scary environment and have to fist fight juggalos at the same time. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> That's a Jesse yeah. original. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pragmata looks good. Solar Ash from the people who developed um, Hyper Light Drifter. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, very excited for that. And, of course, Resident <laughs> Evil Village. 
Uh, I'm very excited for that as well. Did you, did you catch the VI? Um, yeah, the, uh, we, we uh, brought it up on the podcast before and you didn't believe me. I didn't believe you. You're right. <laughs> Who's the fool now, Tyler? Sorry. Sorry that my default is don't listen to Ryan, okay? <laughs> Um, and then I have was, learned a lesson over the years. Okay, <laughs> what the fuck was that other one? That stupid. Oh my god, I can't stand it. Uh, bug snacks. Um, did you guys bug see snacks? bug snacks? I didn't. I've been kind of picking up bits and pieces of this over the over the week. So I can't. Yeah, that one, it, it, What's it, weird it, is the developer made a good. I think it's called Bug Snacks, isn't it? Yeah, it's called Bug Snacks. Yeah, the developer Bugs. made a really good game before that. Oh yeah, they made Octodad. Yeah. There's there's uh, always weird titles thrown in, at least with recent new new uh, consoles. Mm-hmm. Like within the last ten years, there's always really strange, like huh, you know, titles thrown in there. I don't know if you guys remember a Wii U launch title, uh, L- Little Inferno. Oh yeah, oh, Little yeah. Inferno is fucking great. That's from uh, Tomorrow Corporation. Exactly, but but back when the Wii U was announced and they announced that there was going to be Little Inferno was going to be a launch title, people were doing the exact same thing, going like, "Oh, they've made great games, but this is kind of strange. What are you doing? It you just you set, set things on, on fire." fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then it came out, and we're like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> but like Bug Snacks, Bug Snacks is like there are bugs, right? Now stick with me here. Stick with me here. <laughs> They're bugs, but they're also recognizable snacks. What? So, like uh, a uh, strawberry, right? Like has eyeballs and walks around on its leaves. And there's a a bug that looks like a burger half in the wrapper that's running around and shit. And then the residents eat these bugs. And their arms turn into, their bodies turn into whatever the fuck it was. And there's no explanation for that whatsoever in the trailer. The trailer, there's like this weird narrate, like you're being talked to by someone and they just casually, you know, take a bite out of a bug fry and then their arm turns into a fucking curly fry. And there's is no... A, is this a David Cronenberg? Yeah, like, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's no explanation for it. It's got a catchy song. <laughs> David you know, Cronenberg and Wes Anderson invite you to a land of adventure. To be fair, this is exactly the kind of game that I would expect from someone who made Octodad, okay? <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Octodad it was like a physics playground kind of, you know, game, and it's clever where you have to, you know, like this doesn't seem clever it just seems nightmare <laughs> it's like weird it, it's almost like um i'll i'll compare it to uh viva pinata okay. right? oh, yeah viva pinata was awesome though <laughs> but it was also this like cutesy kids game that you know was i don't know kind of kind of weird for rare right where it was not a platformer it was not you know uh it was just a farm for pinatas like that's fair that is partner it was fun but (laughs) i enjoyed it i enjoyed it uh so uh jesse you uh mentioned uh earlier that you've got a game coming out oh oh yeah (laughs) yeah brother let's talk about a game 
We oh, got you yeah. for three. Yeah. <laughs> Listen here, mean Gene Okerlund. The cream will rise to the top. Also is ready. <laughs> oh man! Uh, Fight me right uh, straight to the earth. Please tell me you're familiar with the uh, the mid two thousands Macho Man Randy Savage rap. Oh rap no! Album. Oh yes, yes. Be a yeah. man, Hulk. Be a man, Hulk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, he's like. What was it? Suburban Commando. What you gonna do? I got a role in Spider Man. Woo! <laughs> 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 uh, we uh, talked about this last week, or one of the last few. I think. <laughs> I think it came up. It came up. Uh, Fairly recently, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty it's, sure. Yeah, it's. I got a. <laughs> I, I went. I went to a, a thrift store, and um, and I was uh, like, I always look through the records so that I could buy all the laser discs for ninety five cents. You know, <laughs> and, um, and I've got hundreds of laser discs. I don't. That's a sick. That's a, a an ailment that I have. I have to buy laser discs. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I'm going, I'm going through there, and I found a white sleeve test pressing of of uh macho thing and yeah. I, I was i was like cool you know i'll buy this it didn't say macho man or Andy savage it just said macho thing and it's a test pressing i'll always buy test pressings 100 percent of the time if i find them i'm buying them yeah. just because sometimes there's really weird stuff out there so i get home and i put it on and sure enough it's a single it's a 12 inch single on one side and it's it's macho man going to chilling in the club late night trying to have fun work hard play hard that's my slogan you know and like and i was all <laughs> You know, huh, that's neat. Then I flip it over to find out what's on the B side. It's the acapella. So it's literally oh my just the vocals of Macho Man Randy Savage. Cold man right there. Right? Dude, tell so, me oh, that you've mark. already digitized this and uh, like Dude, I, I remixed it back in twenty thirteen, man. Oh, did like, you? So like yeah. That's so awesome. it's like it's on my B-Sides album. <laughs> I, I love that album so much. <laughs> as you. soon as he started saying Macho Thing, I was just like, I started listening to your stuff because I was looking for like a cover of the Unsolved Mysteries theme for uh, yeah. some reason. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, okay. Let me listen to, oh, oh, okay. All oh, this is really good. Great. Fantastic. But fucking Macho Thing. I put that on to my friends. We had a great time. Oh, it, was, Thanks, it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, uh, Brooks, um, I can't remember. It was probably two years ago or something like that. Like, or maybe maybe a year and a half ago. Like, drops that Unsolved Mysteries cover in the uh, uh, in our group chat, and I'm like, oh yeah, this sounds awesome. Then I look and see who it's by. I'm like, oh, I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> um, what was I going to say though? Uh, yeah, so uh, I I've. Uh, for a long years and years ago, years and years ago, there's this guy. He uh, work. He lives uh, by me in San Diego. Um, funny enough, we actually went to high school together, but we didn't know each other in high school. Um, mm-hmm. His name is Brooks. <laughs> believe it or not. Um, oh wow! Whoa. Yeah, it, he uh, he is a uh, indie game dev, and he, um, you know, just we we we. Um, I I was like, oh well, I like making music, and you know, he likes doing uh, uh, making uh, game stuff, and. Um, so, you know, we kind of worked together on a few different projects. He entered some of those game jam type competitions where they set goals like uh, like they'll do like a make a game that can be beat in one minute, you know, mm-hmm. or, or make a game. And so in this one one game jam was uh, make a game that only uses one button, you know, so 
we got talking about it and we're like, okay, well you can do a lot with one button. Like how long is the button pushed, you know? And like, what does it, what, you know, that kind of thing. If you tap it, if you hold it, if you double tap it, you know, like all the different things you can do with one button. And he came up with a game called runaway tank. And the, the whole story is, is that you're you're It's like you're in a tank, but it's like an anime tank that can jump, you know, mm-hmm. like a tank police. Yeah. 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 And, and you're at the top of a hill and a uh, villain has severed your your brake cables and your tank starts rolling down the hill so quickly you run you jump in the tank and now you have to navigate through the city you don't want to you don't want to destroy things you don't want to hurt people you know you you're you're in this tank and you have to you know jump and and avoid things and everything is one button so i jumped at the opportunity to be able to make music for this you know and and to do that and then from there uh he started working on uh, more ambitious games and um, he did a game in 2013 called uh, Eternum. He started developing it in 2012 and, and it got published in 2013 and that was exclusive on Xbox Live. And it was called Eternum and it's a uh, cute em up. It's a bullet hell shoot em up, but it's, you know, the kittens and puppies and stuff like that. <laughs> It's it's amazing. It's got a great story to it too. Like if you if you stick it out and, and play it and read the story and all that, it's it's really fun. It's just a really fun whimsical adventure of of you know like uh, uh, a school of technology and magic. So you know half of the NPCs are are mechanical and and technology, and the other half are magic and 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 all this stuff. And it's really fun. So I got to write the music for that, and it was a my very first time ever writing the soundtrack to a full video game. Um, oh, wow. and, and, and it was a really fun experience. And, and, uh, from there he's worked on, um, he's, he's pretty much a one, one man wrecking ball when it comes to, to doing uh, game development. Um, he, um, you know, and, and when he, when he's working on these games, he's not using, um, like software, like he, he doesn't go and download like game maker plus and sure, you know, the sure. click and drag type game designers. He's not even using like unity or, or unreal or anything. He's, he's building his own, uh, handlers and interfaces and stuff like that. He's, he's from the ground up and, and it takes a long time. It, it adds a lot of time to the game development process, but in the end it cuts out so much, you know yeah. what I mean? Like being able to publish something being like, yes, I wrote this. Okay. Well, you know, you know who wrote the this and who wrote that and who wrote this me yeah <laughs> you know like you don't have to worry um, about all the managing all the different licenses and, uh, for everything yeah. that you're using yeah it was so me. um we, we we came up with this idea you know uh, uh the, the street cleaner thing um uh is you know is it's the only thing that i've done since so so brooks uh from creaky lantern games um mm-hmm. and i had always like uh, talked about like doing i always wanted to do the music for like a soundtrack and so he was the one that that i'll fully credit him uh, on record of of helping me start street cleaner inspiring me to do it and basically being the fire under my ass to like don't wait for someone to have a movie for you to write the soundtrack to just write your soundtrack write your stupid soundtrack do it and don't don't wait for someone else to be hand you a film hey write the music to this film instead come up with the idea so He's been with me every step of the way through uh, Street Cleaner. You know, um, he's done a lot of the uh, album arts, um, uh, you know, pretty much uh, up until about last year, everything you'd ever see Street Cleaner wise was all Brooks taking care of it. Oh, wow. um, you know, handling pretty much every visual aspect, because when it comes to visuals, I'm not a visual artist. I'm a I'm a I'm a sound guy. You know, I can, I can mm-hmm. do music. So um, 
Yeah, so I'm I'm really telling a long story here. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, man. no, you're good. Go you're for good. it. But uh, you're saying my name a bunch as well, so I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Every time yeah, I your say SEO it, is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, speaking of that Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> so we we you know we we came up with the idea of of, of uh, he's a really high concept guy too. He doesn't like taking the easy way out when it comes to doing things, and so none of his games are are easy by any means they're not like oh this you can't just there's no none of his games are you could just say like oh that's a platformer oh that's a this he's always taking ideas and making new things and new things and new things and 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 mashing things together and stuff so i'd been kind of grading on him for years trying to get him to uh make a street cleaner game you know like and i've been telling him let's do it real simple it'll just be a real simple game you blah 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 but (laughs) <laughs> he won't do, you know, he won't do easy. He won't take the easy way out. Yeah. See, it's going to be right. It's going to be, he's, he's going to make it, you know, and if it's going to have his name on it, it's going to be something worth it. So he, uh, he, he, you know, uh, said, okay, we're going to do a street cleaner game. It's going to be, but it's going to be an action platformer. They're like, cool. That's cool. You know, originally my idea was that it was going to be a, a battle car type game where, where you're going to be like a spy hunter type thing, sure. you know? And he's like, well, it's going to be an action platformer. And it is going to meet most all of the requirements that the NES had. So the pixel density, the colors, um, the uh, uh, the like all all of the different things that were limited the NES, like sprite sizes and stuff like that, is what he was going to um, build the 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 game to those specifications. Sure. And at the same time, I am to write the soundtrack. I was going to say, does and, this limit you to the any? Are you yeah, making a chip tune yes. album? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's awesome. done actually. Uh, so I, I the, the album, the music side's done, um, but I had to write all the music uh, in playable Nintendo sound format uh, uh, format. So the entire soundtrack is playable on an NES if you have a flash cart or something That's like awesome. that. You wanted to do oh, that, wow. um, but but uh, you know, obviously, you know just due to the way the game's built, the game's not coming out on a cartridge. That's not happening. Sure. I was going to um, ask yeah. that because uh, <laughs> I know um, someone uh, modified, I feel like it was Mega Man 2 or something like that and uh, mm-hmm. skinned Mega Ran into uh, Mega Man 2. And so now he, he sells uh, or sold. I, I'm sure that they were limited supply uh, Mega Ran uh, uh, game cartridges. That would be the coolest merch yeah i would buy that 100 really, every uh, time i go to a concert I've if, if seen, someone had it on. yeah uh i've seen people do that i've seen people release albums and just have it be music on on any nes card so that considering you had to write that music so it would be playable on an nes card you could yeah, release so the soundtrack that. the soundtrack would be releasable on a cart yeah um but i mean i would also at the same time have to find somebody that would assemble <laughs> yeah. it and pay that person, you know, and I'm sure mega ran is, is been in the, in the nerdcore scene. As long as he has, I'm sure he definitely has the social capital to make sure, that happen. Sure. Uh, versus I, I am not in the chip scene, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and although I've, 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 uh, you know, played it, you know, mag West and, and stuff like that. I was going like, to say, I, I know I, we, we've got some, some, uh, uh, friends in common who might be able to point you in the right direction where you to pursue something like that, like, uh, Dan or, 
or someone like Dan. that. I've known probably. Dan since I've known Dan for 15 years. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, yeah, we just, uh, we, we <laughs> I can tell you stories. Dan's <laughs> a really cool guy. He's honestly one of the most is, genuinely yes. awesome dudes I've ever met in my life. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's one of those guys where if you call, if you call them, he said, Hey, I'm stuck on the side of the freeway. He's like, well, I'm in Buffalo, New York. But I'll, I'll get out there as fast as possible and help yeah. you out. You know, like he's a really cool guy. Uh, Dan's awesome. Um, I don't know. He, he, but, uh, as far as the game goes though, um, yeah, the soundtrack is going to be released. I have, we have a big announcement in two days and, 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 uh, mm-hmm. it was, it got, it got delayed because, because of reasons we didn't delay it. It, it got delayed. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, um, I was hoping to to be on this podcast to talk about that, but I can't. <laughs> uh, I'll have to come back. But uh, the soundtrack's going to get released uh, separately. Um, uh, or, you know, you buy the game, uh, there'll be a download code for Bandcamp or something. Sure. Or we'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe it'll even be on Steam. I've released a soundtrack on Steam before, so um, it'll probably be on Steam. But uh, uh, there'll also be full-blown versions of this in-game songs like the full spectrum versions, like not, not just, uh, the chip tune, you know, mm. oh, right on. but, um, awesome. The, the game That's itself awesome. is, uh, right now, uh, it's, it's, it's coming out on steam this fall. And, uh, and we're really working hard on getting a nice clean PC launch first, and then it'll be, uh, we'll be pursuing a uh, console. Obviously switch is yeah. the, the console of choice. Um, but we're not even thinking about mobile. We're not, not even entertaining that idea of, of talking. Yeah, that's not happening, but uh, switch is probably our biggest priority after PC. I mean, indie has been treated so well by Nintendo on the switch. There's also with, from what I'm learning, there's, there's a bit of a weight. There's a, there's a line. So they, they are treating indies very well, but at the same time, you've got to wait and, you know, and, and also, if you have a publisher, you're, that's your that's your fast pass, right? You know, so if if you if you and and obviously we're self publishing, so um, unless I've pursued a publisher and it didn't work out, and and then most recently, you know, over the past six months, a year, there's a lot of horror stories coming out about indie publishers for Switch. Um, so we really have to be careful about what papers we sign, right? Um, because um, what was it called? Uh, Nick Nicholas, uh, Nicholas or whatever that that uh, Switch publisher that mm-hmm. are tied up. Oh, Nicholas. Nicholas, yeah. Um, they they uh, they they didn't do really a lot of favors for some people. Uh, some games got tied up in in their red tape for really? so long. You know, yeah. If if the people that had uh, was it Guacamelee? I'm pretty sure it's Guacamelee. If they had self published, the game would have just come out only later but because they went with Michalis or nicholas or whatever uh yeah i I would look into that if you haven't uh, heard about that yeah Hmm. i hadn't heard about that i know that they they published uh binding of isaac um yeah Yeah, and they put their name on the cover (laughs) what yeah (laughs) i love that (laughs) Uh, yeah I love buying a box of cereal and having it say Albertsons. Across yeah, the right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so they have published uh, Cave Story, uh, but I oh, think yeah, they've always published one. Cave Story, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Because I know Cave Stories Last come out PC. on on more than uh, like on everything, pretty much. I think I think that was the catalyst that brought them to be a more powerful company, a more powerful publisher. Was Cave Story? Cave um, Story is amazing. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, they published Binding of Isaac. They published uh, uh, Bit, uh, Bit Trip Runner 3, or just Runner 3. Um, the End is Nigh. And Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Streets of Rage 4 as well? Really? Uh, I, mean, I think... I don't know. <laughs> Any, anyways, I'm going to jump off, off of that, that topic. Um, the game's... <laughs> The game is seven levels, um, and it's it's done in the same vein as like um, Shatterhand, Ninja Gaiden, Castlevania Three, specifically mm. Batman. A lot of influence by Batman, but um, you know, and 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 uh, it's uh, it's just a fun platformer, um, beat 'em up type game. You have a you have a baseball bat as your main, and uh, your alternate attack would be a a, a gun, uh, but you have to really watch your ammo because. Um, Ammo could only be used uh, uh, so much, you know, like uh, if you fire all your, your ammo right off the bat, then later when you need it, you might not have it. So um, managing your assets is, is really important. Um, but uh, I think one of the, the main awesome things about this game that's really going to set it apart from, from most of the other uh, indie type games is its authenticity to the platform. Mm-hmm. So when, when you're playing it, you're not playing like a lot of, like retro wow games um, just have like an unlimited color palette and sure. what, because they pixelate to the next closest border and then they zoom in and zoom out with sprite scaling and stuff like that. None of those were available on the NES. So this is really sticking to most of the things that were available at the NES. We did break the mold with like, obviously, you know, full screen on whatever size monitor you're using. Right. Um, and then also, uh, um, uh, frame rate, you know, uh, nobody wants to do uh, 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 two frame walking animations where it's just like leg, 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 yeah, leg right. you know, <laughs> where one leg stays still and the other one moves and they walk, you know. So, um, Brooke, that's how I walk. walk. Don't walk. <laughs> <laughs> don't walk, shame. How dare you? <laughs> but, you know, Brooke spent a lot of time basically animating um, each each frame of every walk animation of everything to be super smooth. And, and the game is just really smooth. Everything absolutely everything in the game is completely deliberate um you know and and even the attack has a wind-up time that you'll have to get used to um the most important move in the entire game is a dive kick and and uh i'm i'm learning a lot about video game development because it's like how do we tell players um that there is a dive kick Mm -hmm. you know with because you can put it in a text bubble, but do you want to know what people do when they see a text bubble? They mash X. Oh, yeah. And so with everybody, we through, through no matter what we do, people just skip that text bubble. Like, so, okay, so we're trying to build it into, okay, we're going to get to a point in the first level where you need to dive kick or else you can't progress. And what do people do? They give up. Like, it's like, oh, man, this is really wow. like, how do, how do we teach people that there's a dive kick? It's really important, and it'll really help you get through this game. You know, but if you can... If you can master the the gun, the bat, and the dive kick, the whole game's actually really fun breeze. You could just get through the whole thing. But if you have a hard time with not clicking through dialogue <laughs> boxes, then it's going to be frustrating for you. You know. That's actually and, always one of my favorite things about. I took game design in <clears throat> college, and just like learning the difference between showing and telling, and like organically introducing concepts in a game is such a tricky, difficult thing. And it's like, there are games that do it right. And then there are games that just do it wrong. But if they, if you can get a tutorial in a game that does it the right way and kind of has you grow with the game, yeah. 
then you're going to remember how to do that so much easier than in comparison to like, I don't like Zelda where it's like hit A to slide or hit B to slice your sword. And that's all you really get. You know, it's like the difference yeah. there is it's, it's the difference between good and bad game design. It's so I've, cool. Yeah, you, you look at, you look at games like shovel Knight and like to use your, your shovel attack. One of the very first things they do is they have you dig down, you know? And so we're like, okay, well, let's use that. But we've we've stuck the 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 on model for this game is that there's not going to be deformable terrain. So you're not going to have wall wall turkeys. You're not going to have you know garbage apples. You know you're not going <laughs> to be able to. You, you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about. You know, like you're not going to be able to hit a lamppost and break the light. Sure. Deliberately, everything is deliberate to where there is no deformable terrain. So we can't use that trope. So we so Brooks made it a, an entire new enemy type. Uh, like a drone that would rise up out of the floor. So if you wanted to get onto this ledge, you'd have to jump, dive kick it to get onto the ledge. And for anybody who knows that the dive kick exists, it's really easy. But for everybody else, they just sit there and they hit it with a bat, which will spawn a new one. Then they hit it with a bat and it spawns a new one. They go, wow, there sure are a lot of these drones. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because, you know, and then, and then, and so whenever the that happens is, in games, like that's, that's game language for no, you need it. <laughs> here's the funny thing is while that's happening there's literally a dialogue box on the screen that says dive it shows the dive kick what button combinations to do the dive kick and and then you know so watching people play you know like friends and family and i'll be like hey uh did you see that dialogue box and they go what dialogue box i'm like and i just touch the screen i just touch it that one they're like oh because they're not pro they're not programmed to yeah. read while you're hitting things with a bat you know i'm not making fun <laughs> of people it's just obviously It'd be the same way if I didn't play games and I was trying to get to it. But. Yeah, I was elected to lead, not to read. The um, McBain. <laughs> uh, yeah. That wasn't McBain, was it? <laughs> yeah, sounded like McBain. Yeah. Um, that was from the movie. I was elected to live. Not <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, it sounds like our current president took way too many uh, cues from McBain. Um, These goggles, they do nothing. <laughs> uh, Tyler, we make this completely great again. <laughs> uh, to your point on uh, showing, not telling, um, I've never seen it uh, better um, explained than Ego Raptor's sequelitis on Mega Man X. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. That is the definitive version of the definitive way to yeah. teach people the controls of your game. Yeah, absolutely. That that first tutorial level and just the way that that Aaron goes through and and yeah, it's that's amazing. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. so crazy how that's it's the perfect way to do it, but like so many games don't do that, and it's just like why, why can't you look at there? There are obvious answers. Well, it's sometimes. because you have to. You have to be able to step away from the thing that you're creating and thinking, think about it a little bit more abstractly, because when you it's it's difficult to think about, you know, different ways to do things when you're like thinking about it in a linear fashion and, and you're in the thick of it or whatever. You, you kind of have to like, you know, it's one thing to just make a game like, hey, I, I made a thing that you can walk through and do things in. Cool. 
But those little attentions to detail and those small little things are like the flourishes. It's 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 the difference between an untrained artist and someone who's been doing it for their entire lives because they're thinking Mm -hmm. about the larger picture in a more abstract manner than they are thinking about, oh, well, what color should this enemy be or what, you know, how should this behave in, in, you know, these kind of more like straightforward you know, ways where like, if I'm not a game designer, I'm looking at a game and just going, okay, these are the behaviors of these things and thinking about it in a very basic way. And I'm not thinking about, okay, well, why did they choose to do it this way? Why did they choose to do it that way? And so if you're not used to thinking about games in a more complex fashion, like as a full, you know, piece, then you might just be like, okay, uh, gun go shoot, you know. <laughs> gun go pew pew. Quiet. Pew. Gun go shoot. Pew pew pew. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think we've gotten a lot better, especially with AAA games. Um, I hate that term, but I mean, it's the best to describe. Yeah. Um, you know, is is there's very few games that I've played in recent history where I got halfway through a game before I discovered I could have done that the whole time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, um, in a way, Breath of the Wild used that to its own advantage. They didn't explain to you what anything did. Yeah. Have fun figuring it out. So like know? shield and, surfing and, and shit. Oh, God. Yeah, right. Um, but but then in the 90s, that was like the Mega Man X era. That was that was one of the worst times for that because there were so many games that we all played that that we failed at because we didn't know. A booger man, for example. You remember booger man? I remember booger man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Booger. <laughs> like uh. I played through all of booger man. I got all the way to the last boss, and I didn't even know that there was a hot chili pepper rocket butt jump thing. <laughs> that, right? And 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 like I played through the whole entire game, and I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought you ate the peppers, and then he he, he burps out smoke, and then that yeah. was the joke. I didn't know that he actually now you have a power up where you could jump through things, which made the game infinitely easier, you know, like, yeah. but we really don't, don't have that problem so much now, but mm-hmm. we did in, in those era of, of games. And, so and that's that was- what I think is hard about uh, doing a throwback game like this is how do we take the modern day way of training people um, on what our new controls are and implementing it on a game that's supposed to look like it came out in 1988. Yeah. Yeah, that just makes me laugh too. Like, think like those kind of like mechanics that you go through those older games and never think about it, never find. And I just have very kind of loving memories of like talking about games with other friends when I was a kid and being like, "Did you know you could do this?" Yeah, <laughs> and that was like something that that's something that you don't do have to do anymore. You never have that conversation. Did you know that you could hit down B over and you'll, you know, do a slide dash? A a friend of mine came over to my house as a kid and showed me on TNC Surf that you could actually jump off the skateboard and the skateboard stays there. And then you land on the skateboard, which means that you can go around other obstacles that before I had to go around. Mm -hmm. And then I would just like die when I got to a point where I couldn't go around them. And I was like, that makes so much sense. And I've had this game for two and a half years already. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, it's the internet has uh, certainly changed the way that we talk about games. There's uh, it has succeeded in expanding the community, uh, but also changing the way that community interacts. Uh, mm-hmm. So those kind of special, like, 
you go to your small group of friends to talk about a game and learn something new about the game that you didn't know before uh, are practically gone because now that the community is so large and it's all accessible, all of that stuff ends up online. You know, all the little Easter yeah. eggs, all the little, you know, things like that just end up online. So if you search for that game, say you come across a, a difficult point, you're you're obviously going to Google. You're not going to go to your small group of friends. And yeah. then you get, you know, all of it that way. It's all much more accessible. The discovery is not as delightful as it once was. So, yeah, I was about to say we kind of lost something because, um, you know, I was, I'm a dad. I have two kids, a seven-year-old, and my son's going to turn 11 here in a week. And so my son was telling me some stuff about Disneyland. And uh, he went, we went to Disneyland for the first time earlier this year. Um, and he's just been obsessed with it ever since. And he said, he's like, hey, did you know? that the broken pane of glass halfway through the haunted house ride was broken in the 1970s when a guy brought a gun and tried shooting at one of the things and the bullet broke through the glass and it's, it would cost so much money to replace the glass that they put a fake spider on the bullet hole and painted it to look like a spider web. And I was just like, that sounds like some bullshit right there. <laughs> you know, let's so Google it. I Googled it yeah. and he's right. Holy he's absolutely shit. right. That really happened. Some, somebody said, Oh, I'm going to get that ghost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. and brought, their, brought their gun. But, but anyways, that reminded me when I was a kid, when I was 11 years old, we did not have the internet. Yeah. So we would literally come up with these stories and tell each other these stories on the playground. Like, did you know the Ninja Turtles are actually based off of real life mutant turtles that were found in the sewers of Brooklyn? And then you would talk to another kid, maybe your neighbor who went to the Catholic school. And he said, really, I heard the same thing. And then yep. like all of a sudden, like we all somehow symbiotically heard the similar stories all over the United States and we didn't have an internet to check them, Yep, you know? And so that, yep. yeah. One of the, one of the ones that I remember was uh super smash brothers, the whole myth that you could unlock master hand. And uh, oh, mine was, and, mine was Shang Tsung. Well, not Shang Tsung. Um, mine was, uh, um, the myth, the myth of my era. I think I'm a few years older than you because the video game myth of my era was um, Shang Long. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I heard, yeah. I heard of that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys remember the uh, myth that uh, Goro in um, the first uh, Mortal Kombat movie was an actual person? Like that, it, it, he actually looked <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, I heard that one. Nice, nice. I heard that one. Um, uh, man, I'm trying to remember some because I I know like all kids have tons. them. All kids have them, and yeah. there there's tons of them. And for some reason, somehow, certain ones of them bec are so pervasive that th the they S. span the country. The S. Oh you know, yeah, the yeah. The weird, the, the sacred geometry. Where did that come from? How did we no all one knows. know that? No one knows. People have researched it and no one knows. Yeah. And everyone yeah. fucking drew it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't stand for anything. It doesn't, We're living in a simulation. It just is. Yeah. There we go. Are we in a time loop? 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 <laughs> Are we in a time loop? Mobius strip. Mobius strip. Any Trek fans out there? Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. There, uh, so, um, there's a an indie bundle uh, that's supporting uh, Black Lives Matter right now on itch.io. And it's something like over a thousand games, over a thousand games on, on itch.io are part of this bundle. 
As, assets, games, all assets sorts of and stuff. games. Yeah, yeah, even, yeah. even um, yeah, player guides. If you uh, yep. tabletop game guides, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and one of them is a little platformer that takes place on a Mobius strip. It's a very interesting little thing. Um, But I I bought that pack. I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, I mean, I've been donating to BLM causes. Anyway, why not uh, get uh, uh, over a thousand indie games while I'm at it? I was thinking to myself when I saw that, I'm like, this is one of the greatest deals of all time. I would love to see, to be on a fly in a wall where some, I'm going to say it, some idiot fucking southern pride you know racist asshole goes like oh I, the black, all lives matter herpy derpy derp but that deal is too good to pass up <laughs> let me give my five dollars here you know like yeah. yeah that's had to have happened there had to yeah. be somebody that's so staunchly like filled full of hate and and piss and vinegar but oh can't pass up a good deal man i'm I racist like, to my yeah. core white pride for my life but i'll tell you oh, what. what is this game it's about <laughs> gender identity that looks fun <laughs> one of the <laughs> i'm laughing about it but but in reality that's a it's a painful thing yeah. right now well, We're crying yeah. on the inside. Yeah. yes um one of uh, one of the funnier ones because obviously itch.io is uh an indie <laughs> haven for all kinds of i mean just the weirdest ideas are are going to be on there and I think that one of them was called something like Gay Dragon Bros or something like that. Yeah, bro. And it's about telling your best friend. It's about telling your best friend who is a dragon that you love him. That That's the game. That's kind of nice. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that but, sounds like Kanye's, Kanye's video game where you got to help your mom get to heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that That's a real oh, game. Fucking Kanye. <laughs> Uh, have you guys heard that apparently Kanye was like uh, his whole MAGA phase was uh, all just uh, to get shit done? Supposedly to get well, that shit. sounds convenient. So uh, rumor has it that uh, he has now thrown out all of his MAGA gear and he has uh, it, it's not a rumor that he has donated millions to the Chicago uh, Black Lives Matter uh, uh, funds and, and things like that. Cause he, uh, is based out of Chicago. Um, and, uh, but supposedly he said that, uh, he couldn't get shit done unless he wore that stuff. He is like, he couldn't get an audience unless he put on the fucking hat and wore the costume. And that's how he got, uh, he's like, Hey, I got people out of prison. So this that's the rumor anyway. Okay, so my thoughts on Kanye, if anybody's interested, I think he's a hyper genius. And I've always thought that. I think that that he like I'll be the first to admit, I'm playing 2D chess. That dude's definitely playing four-dimensional chess. Because, <laughs> because he every he does these things every now and then that are beyond simply being a musician and recording music. Um, and, and he does these things that are really next level. And will I ever buy one of his albums? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But 
at the same time, I could totally golf clap and be like, uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> I mean, okay. I remember okay. the first time that I learned of his existence was when during Hurricane Katrina and you said George Bush doesn't care about black people. <laughs> like, I am not someone who pays attention to wrong. hip hop. But <laughs> yeah, saying. but watching Mike Myers's face <laughs> when he said that was a absolute <laughs> treasure. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he totally did a, did a, what was that? Um, uh, never mind. I lost my train but then yeah. he said that he's Jesus and it, like, I mean, he's, yeah. excuse me, Jesus, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but like, oh, so oh my God. I and that. On, Go on. I went on, I went online and, um, I, uh, I, I, I was invited by groupies. You're familiar with groupies.com. Uh-uh. Oh, they do uh, gaming bundles. Oh yes. So, yes. Um, I am familiar with that. I, I thought you were just saying that some groupies. I do. I do synth wave. We don't have those. <laughs> um, so no, I was invited by groupies.com to do a street cleaner bundle. And it was going to be, um, it, it was like all of my published works up until that point. And uh, I, I was like, hey, it'd be kind of neat to add a special something. So I, without having to write an album, especially like I, I don't do anything exclusive. It's just kind of one of my own rules. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't do exclusivity stuff. Um, uh, so I wasn't going to be like, hey, an exclusive song or whatever. But I did a collection of songs that I, hadn't released songs that didn't get make it onto an album or something um, or, or, you know, songs I did with other people. And I put together a collection of like 12 songs that was only available on that groupies. Uh, the soundtrack to a video game that didn't get published. Uh, I had gotten about four songs to, to it. So I threw that on there too. And then I needed to come up with album art real quick. So I uh, Google image search a mini disc and I go through and I find <laughs> one that is public use that, that doesn't have any copyrights on it. And literally all somebody did was take a mini disc, slap it on a scan- scanner and scan it. <laughs> and, and I was just like six, so I cropped it and it was nice big. And I, and I photoshopped street cleaner low, you know, on there. And um, I called it, you know, uh, uh, you know, groupies exclusive or something. And the day after it got published, Kanye posted his Yeezus 3.0 and it was a picture of the exact same file. <laughs> like he had done the same thing. <laughs> right. And, and because there was so much buzz about it, you know, and, and groupies was spending money to like promote this, this thing. People were commenting like, where do I buy it by the street cleaner thing? I get Yeezy. Like what, what is going wow. on right now? Just like, nah, that's literally a public domain image. Like, it's that's just, hilarious. <laughs> That's I'm pretty fun. sure my uncle still has his mini disc player. I should see if he'll send it to me. I actually have been <laughs> wanting to track down one of the later generation mini disc players where you're not forced to record to it in real time. Uh, Cause I got one when I was working for Sony. Um, and the thing that was annoying about it was you had to record to it in real time. Like it wasn't a dragon. It wasn't an MP3 player. Uh, <laughs> it used a track three. And so you had to actually record to it like you would a, a cassette tape. Um, but, uh, the, some of the later ones were MP3 players and, and stuff like that. So, 
Uh, uh, I'm I'm looking right now in my my clutter of a room. <laughs> I have I have somewhere around here. This is embarrassing because it's on video. Um, <laughs> uh, I have in this room a complete unopened in the package uh, last model uh, mini disc player that uh, here it is. Ah, oh my god! Wow, oh, dude! Yeah, it's it's never been opened. Wow! Uh, I I bought two of them because I was working a Radio Shack at the time, and they clearanced them out. Nice. And uh, Sony announced that they discontinued all mini discs, and so this was the last model to come out. It was such and a it cool does play format. Three files. Yeah, this one you you has a USB port on it, and you can plug it into your computer, and then you can click and drag uh, WAV files, uh, AC3 files, um, MP3 uh, stuff like that. And and uh, but it doesn't do direct recording that the earlier ones did, yeah, yeah. which I kind of wanted that, so I could do field recording. Oh sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah, those and were then, uh, I just also so have cool. Kicking around here somewhere, I have a rack mount uh, um, a mini disc uh, recorder. Wow. Oh, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bore you guys with that stuff. Yeah, I got, I got, I kind of, God, God, I, I don't know. I am the king of antiquated media. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Laserdisc players. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, the yeah, wall of laserdisc. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what it was about minidisc, and I, I wish that minidisc had lasted longer than it did, um, because I, you, I just thought you know it was such a it? neat little format. Moving parts. Um, yeah, the fact that, that, that it had moving parts because the next generation, no moving parts. We lost all moving parts. Once Apple dumped the, uh, the, the optical hard drive, mm-hmm. um, then, then we no longer needed, moving but it was parts a anymore. while before they did that because the first, uh, generation apples had a, a pretty, like the hard drives in those were based on compact flash and they were, so it wasn't even like a laptop drive. It was a compact flash card with a spinning disc inside of it. And I believe it. Um, yeah. the uh, it was not until I, I feel like second or third generation Apple before it went to flash storage. It wasn't until the the minis came out that they started replacing things with with flash storage or the nanos or whatever the fuck they were calling them. The nano, the nano, yeah. like the first the first, uh, the first one that didn't have the optical drive and like and mini disc i feel like unless they just weren't being carried because apple was drowning out the market and MP, other mp hard drive based mp3 players were drowning out the market uh and i didn't see them but like i feel like mini disc died so much earlier you know you know what i think would be really fun would would be to like i i I, I fancy myself an idea person. I come up with ideas, but then I never do them. Um, but I, I, <laughs> want, I wanted here. to make... <laughs> I did one idea, and I haven't stopped doing that one idea. <laughs> and I don't think I will. I'll just keep on doing that one thing. It's what I like doing. But, um, uh, but I wanted to make a documentary film uh, based off of uh, Format Wars, specifically Sony, because they seem to win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Mm-hmm. When they win, they win big. But when they lose, they lose big too, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, because Sony and, was you know, aboard the Blu-ray from, train, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is coming from somebody who who has an almost complete HD DVD collection. Yep. Yeah, I'm about, I'm about I think, 20 movies away from a complete collection. I, I used to have a bunch of <laughs> HD DVDs as well. I had an Xbox 360 at the time, and I even bought the HD DVD add-on. And I had the mm-hmm. Heroes box set on HD DVD. And then when they basically <laughs> conceded the the loss to the of the format war i went out and bought tons of hd dvds yeah 
I, I, I still to this day, well, I shouldn't say I just recently built a new, a new, new computer setup, a whole new production setup. Um, and, and it took me a long time, but one thing that I overlooked completely was a disc drive. So, um, I didn't think I needed one, but, uh, fuck every now and then you need one, right? Every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for, so what I, what I got, I got really into Westerns and I started really binge watching Westerns and I found Mm -hmm. it a lot easier to buy those 50 movies on one DVD (laughs) box, you know? I found it easier to buy those than it was to buy them online. It's cheaper, cheaper to go down to Family Home Entertainment or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and uh, and and buy with those stupid things. And then I was like, oh, but if I could just literally just drag the MP4 files over to my hard drive, and I can watch them like that any anywhere in the house, it's perfectly fine. But I didn't have a drive, so I'm using my my Xbox 360 HD DVD drive as my uh, disc <laughs> drive for my computer right now. Yeah, it works. That's great. Fair enough, yeah. man. Um, well, uh, we uh, have uh, come to the end of the podcast, and uh, where usually um, we have been, uh, we go to Reddit, and uh, I look up uh, some silly question on Ask Reddit for us all to answer. Uh, I think uh, what uh, Brooks came up with uh, last week, or yeah, Brooks or Tyler came up with, with this last week of uh, me. what. What especially in times like these, uh, the important question to answer is: What was the high point of your past week, Jesse? You want to kick us off? What was the, what was the high point of your past week? The high point of my past week. Um, this is this is some so so. <clears throat> I'd like to preface this by saying that this is the second time I've ever done an interview. Uh, period. I <laughs> always turned them about not interview, but I've been part of something because I've always turned them down because as, as street cleaner, as the person behind street cleaner, it was important for me to have a, uh, a separation of mystique there. And, and, but things are changing a lot recently. And I think that uh, I've had a few high points uh, this last week. This has been a, a real big, um, a real big week for, for us as a people, as a, on a, on the planet even. And I think that seeing people rise up and fight for what they believe in and seeing people risk it all is one of the most um, inspiring things that I've seen in a long time. And I used to think that there would never be another time where we as a people would be able to band together over something um, because we're so divided. But amongst this division, I am finding out that there are so many people that have similar ideals that I do that aren't, I'm always afraid of learning what somebody's political Mm -hmm. affiliations are, but this is beyond politics and and I could say that, you know, seeing the change happening in my own community and seeing the change happen in the world, and it's painful and it sucks, sucks really bad right now. But to see change happening right before my eyes is, is really awesome. And I'm still working on trying to figure out how I could be most effective at that. Um, I obviously can do so much and I don't want to cop out at all, but I'm working on doing my part. I just want to make sure that I'm the most effective as I possibly can be. 
and I don't want to do any empty gestures now, you know, um, and do that. And also, this is kind of weird. This is a weird thing for me to say. I'm uh, three years sober now. And uh, oh, that's fuck, congratulations. Like to celebrate. Yeah. So um, um, I haven't, haven't uh, partaken in any alcohol or, or any of the, the reefer madnesses <laughs> in, uh, in three years. Hell and yeah, uh, and I yeah. think that that's people, people, when people talk about sobriety, it's always with a sense of shame or like they're embarrassed about it. But I'm gonna wear it. I'm gonna let everybody know that uh, I'm allergic to alcohol, and 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 I've uh, I've all but beaten it. But I've gone three years now, and uh, hopefully I can. I'm going to trek through the next several years uh, of my life uh, and uh, fighting the good fight and uh, being being sober, Dad. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! Proud of you, Fuck man. Yeah, dude. Hell That's yeah. Awesome. yeah! That's awesome. Uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna make me feel like a real piece of shit for talking about the best part of my week now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really oh, funny. So, so here, I, here I am, like, like being being a so, being a sober dude, and mm-hmm. uh, there's amazing brewery in uh, uh, Philadelphia. Um, I whipped up a special batch of beer. Oh my god, that's <laughs> awesome! Yeah, that's so rad. It's, it's it's street cleaner like he street cleaner uh coffee cream ale so it was made with coffee Ooh. and uh yeah it's amazing it's, yeah it's it's there's i think there's only like you know three or four bottles left in there in my possession right now uh but i can't drink it but, <laughs> you know when people come over i go like hey <laughs> Take it, drink it, make sure it doesn't go to waste. Yeah, yeah right. uh, <laughs> please. With all this uh, uh, talk of uh, defunding and disbanding uh, police, is uh, is street cleaner ready for the call? <laughs> oh yeah, dude! I, it's, I'm an institution. Are you kidding me? There's gonna be street cleaners everywhere. Franchise yeah. it. Yeah, it's, no, yeah. It's gonna be. Yeah. You and that's that's come on that's thing people think there was one Jason Voorhees no there was like nine that's how he moved so fast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, oh, uh, Brooks, what uh, what what's the high point of your week? Well, my roommate uh, surprised me with uh, a matching T-shirts for for an inside joke of ours. Uh, uh-huh. So yeah, so the, yeah, just yesterday, I was just like, just came in the mail, and she's like, I've been waiting for like two weeks, and she's about exploded, and she like already like. Anyways, you know what? That was the best part of my week. It's <laughs> gonna go leave, leave it at that. I'm very excited that that I uh, that we're we have now moved into my matching T-shirts phase of friendship. <laughs> So you're going to leave it at that and not show us the t-shirt? Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it's I, not a picture of Mario taking a shit, is it? Like, <laughs> no, like, it, it's a it, it's a Team Rocket shirt. It just has the art. Yes. Oh, nice. Oh, right awesome. on. Yeah, uh, it's somewhere. I, I think I put it away with the laundry. <laughs> How about you, Tyler? Hmm. Um... I, well, what is, what was the best part of my week? Honestly, I've been absolutely loving our, uh, Jackbox party pack, uh, game streams for the grid. Um, obviously I kind of started doing that a little bit earlier without the idea of using it to actually create some good, but you've taken control and made it (laughs) not just a, let's see my friends thing, but also, uh, help out the grid. Um, yeah, it's been a ton I mean, of fun. It's just, it's such a blast hearing from all the 
all the people that we don't really get to see right now. Uh, this weird, crazy group of friends that we've uh, built up from a, from drinking too much, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, I've missed I've missed all of you guys and and all of them so much. So being able to being able to hear from them every week and just kind of talk and play some games has been just an absolute blast. So between that and then um, I have I've had Laurel over. Uh, we've been doing good movie, bad movie nights. Me, her, and Kayla. Wait, did you say? Did you say Yanni? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the simple times when the the hardest uh, qu- d- d- question to answer in a debate was Yanni or Laurel. Not <laughs> God. No, the shirt is blue. The good days, the good old days. I love the yeah. in in bed. Oh, Laurel, who the fuck is Yanni? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? But now I've had her over, and so me, her, and Kayla have been watching a good movie, bad movie nights, and or good movie, bad movie Saturdays, and uh, we watched Aliens or er, Alien, nineteen seventy nine, Alien. So obviously uh, you're on good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. The bad movie was. Uh, oh, we watched Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, oh God! Why would uh, you do that to yourself? I don't know. So but, bad. It was awful. So bad. Hey, hey, you know what you should do? What you should do? Have you ever seen the uh, show Shameless? Yes. Just okay, so what you do? What you do is you watch Dragon Ball Evolution and then you watch Shameless and pretend it's part of the same canon. That's a good idea. Oh my god, it's him. <laughs> yeah, Justin Chatwin and Emma Rossum too. Really? <laughs> yeah, Emma Rossum is uh is is uh Bulma in Dragon Ball Evolution. Huh. Yeah, I'll be damned. Uh, I just can't help but think that that's the directors, awesome. the directors, and guys who are behind Shameless saw Dragon Ball Evolution. And were like, I have a great idea. <laughs> well, so Shameless, I mean, Shameless was is based on and actually almost is word for word, uh, uh, at least uh, the first uh, season or so. Um, based off of uh, a UK show called Shameless, uh, which oh, is, is what launched yeah. James McAvoy's career, actually. Uh, James McAvoy know. plays the boyfriend, uh, and it was um, it's an incredible series. And so a lot of the jokes actually, like some of the jokes don't work well, and they try to do them one-to-one. So like when he takes the dad and drops him off in Canada, right? <laughs> that was um, funny. <laughs> In the UK, Shameless, that works a little bit better because he takes the dad and drops him off in France where he doesn't fucking speak French and he wakes up on a park bench getting arrested in France. Yeah. To be fair, it was kind of funny dropping him off in Canada because he's all hyper-America, America's number one kind of thing. What's funny, though... the, the inconsistencies on that show, because then you go to like season seven and he's like, Oh, Canada, I know how to get there. I know this trail. I know all this other stuff. And, and, all, <laughs> and he's a guide. He guides people on how to escape into Canada. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I, that, that show. I'm sorry. I can talk about shameless all day long. <laughs> I actually, uh, just, I, I only just ball evolution. Uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I already so, watched uh, it. That's enough. <laughs> So what about you, Ryan? What was the best part yeah, of your week? Yeah, let's hear it. Oh. Did I... 
I can't remember if I released my bass video this week or last week. I think I think it was this I week. I think it was this week. So my first sure my first video for the Blue Bassist channel uh I posted uh this week. And uh, um the support that I've been getting from people uh with that uh has been really cool. Um you know uh uh Jesse commented on it, uh, you know, some, uh, other friends, you know, like, uh, the drummer from off with their heads and Devin, who's been on the show before from direct hit and, and stuff yeah. like commenting on it and saying that it was super rad and like having being out of performing for as long as I have been and to like start doing it in some capacity again. And I was, I was really nervous about how, it would be received. I was nervous about, you know, kind of what I was doing, if it was interesting enough or, or anything like that, or if anyone would give a shit or if it would find anyone. And, uh, so just, you know, uh, seeing the support that, that I got when I, when I posted that, uh, really made me feel, uh, really good. Like that, that was easily the high point of my week. Now I got to figure out what fucking song I'm going to do next. I'm still working on the Gradius two song, uh, burning heat, but, uh, there's almost zero percent chance that I'm ever going to be able to get the, uh, that playing at speed because it's so fucking fast. And so, you know, that baseline is like, do, 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 you know, like it's very difficult. And I'm, you know, I can even finger pick, you know, fairly quickly, but it's some of it's just not going to be possible, I feel. So we'll see. I watching some of these, 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 um, the music written for, for video games, um, especially shmups for some reason, they, they write, it's almost like they write their baselines outside of the realm of actual playability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I mean, and I, and I, I know it's actually there, but you know, they're not writing it on a base. Obviously right. they're, they're, they're typing it all in or, or, or whatever. They're not, not even recording it live most of the time, I'm sure. But, but when I see people nail it, you know, like when I see Kirby's dream band play Gradius or something, or, or, um, even other games like like Sonic or, or and I see some of these you know like when you go to Mag West or something and you see these these video game cover bands and they're just all over the place. Uh, there's this band called Vic Viper. Um, yes, I've seen a video of them on YouTube. Their their bass player uh, plays like a six string bass and she's in two bands, a uh, all female Pantera cover band and Vic Viper, and she's just nailing all these parts. Like they'll do Batman. And and she's just yeah. all Sunsoft is insane on 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 their their bass lines, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 I see this kind of stuff, and immediately I automatically get arthritis just watching it. Like my <laughs> start hurting. Yeah, no, I know, like, um I saw her uh, I saw Vic Viper play Burning Heat uh, on YouTube. I saw a video of it, and she's playing it an octave higher than I am, so she's way up the neck, uh, which oh, might yeah? make things a little bit easier. But you know, I'm on I'm on this little guy. And, uh, you know, I, I like playing on this little guy. I don't know if it'll come through, but like, you know, uh, the part that I'm most happy about is like, you know, like just doing that little finger picky bit. It's, it's just fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When when it when it when it when it goes over from being a conscious thing into just muscle memory, yeah, it's just a really good feeling. Yeah, you know, and and I I, uh, I I've played. There's this there's one song that I've played at every single show I've ever played at Street Cleaner, 
and it's called nightlife. And I went to like, go show somebody how to play it. And I forgot, I'm sorry. I went to tell somebody how to play it and I forgot. And I'm like, Whoa, like I haven't even <laughs> thought how to play that song. Like I've played that song more than any song I've had in my entire life, you know, never had to consciously. Do I don't even think about yeah. it. It just happens. And it's really cool. when when, when that clicks over, you know, and, and it just becomes like a, a muscle memory thing and it just happens. Yeah. But yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping that I'll be able to get it up to speed, you know, get it up at, at some point, but obviously, you know, the, the marble zone one was easy enough where it was a one day you know, like I was playing Sonic uh, one day and that night I knew the song. Marble, Marble Zone. That is, um, I'm trying to think of how that goes. Well. Oh, man. It's funny you should ask. Uh-huh. That's not coming through. Not coming through for... Not at all. Not at all, actually. That's, That's crazy. The noise reduction is totally removing it. Really? Yeah. yeah. God damn. Well, can hear you, but no sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is really weird, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so the surreal. notes not coming through, but you can hear the. Yeah, tap. I can hear your yeah. fingers. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, I could. You're playing acoustically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is an acoustic bass, so yes, I, I am know. I was, I was making a South Park reference. Oh, are okay. you? Okay. I yeah, mean, the guitar hero episode. Oh He's yeah. Acoustically. <laughs> Can you hear that? Yes. Kinda. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, that's oh. A really fun. The one. myth has been shattered. Michael Jackson never wrote any music for Sonic. What seriously? Yeah. So I was under the impression that he did. I was super stoked yeah, about same. it. Come to find, come to find out, it was not Michael Jackson. It was one of his technicians, a person oh. that worked on a lot of later Michael Jackson stuff. Uh, oh. he, uh, composed a lot of the music for Sonic Two and Sonic Three and Sonic and Knuckles. Really? Yeah. I forgot the guy's name. But he was also in an '80s pop band. Yeah, that, Brad Buxer. Is that, yeah, 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 yes, yes, yeah, yes. Be- because Brad Buxer was in a band called the Jetsons, which is actually here in Arizona, and uh-huh. their song "Hard Times," which was never released, yeah. got turned into Ice Cap, Ice Cap Zone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, not just that one song, but other little pieces mm-hmm. of other songs that he had written also got made it their way into the soundtrack. No kidding. So it wasn't. It wasn't what we were hearing and comparing as, okay, well, this sounds like this song from Michael Jackson. It wasn't the Michael Jackson in that song that we were hearing. It was Brad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I'll be damned. Yeah. yeah, I remember the legend was always that uh, uh, they like removed his name from it or something, or he didn't want his name on it. I can't remember what the exact yeah. name was. But. Sega, Sega, the legend was they would Sega wanted to distance themselves at the same time still making more copies and selling um, uh, Moonwalker Moon, Moonwalker yeah. like give me a break like they had the arcade and and the home console version they they didn't care about any of that stuff as they shouldn't have like just keep trucking you know like yeah. now now like it does make sense for Nintendo to pull Mike Tyson though <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, I I heard that their that official was, stance on that though was uh, licensing. Yeah, that was licensing. Yeah, um, I still would have pulled them anyways. <laughs> yeah, right. 
It was because they put Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's punch out uh, early enough in Mike Tyson's career where he uh, didn't have value at that point. Yeah. They saw him as an up and comer. And then when it came time to uh, like the license uh, it got exhausted. And so when they went to relicense him, uh, he asked for some absurd amount of money and they were like, nope, Mr. Dream it is. Yeah, Mr. Dream, no problem. You know, and it's funny, I think Sega learned something from that because that had to be one of the very first uh, sports licensing things. I think technically Takashi's Castle um, uh, qualified as a sports licensing thing as well. Uh, So they didn't reissue that game and we didn't get that game stateside. But um, which which we know it as Extreme Elimination. Yep. Um, Uh, Or no, MXC. MXC, yeah. Is, most yes, extreme most extreme no it's, challenge or something was it yeah it's mxc uh but i can't remember what the c stands for so i think sega learned something from that i mean i'll talk forever man but i think <laughs> sega learned something from that when when they decided to try to co-op the genesis as a sports thing because they got some of those Dion sanders uh um they got um um Steve young uh <laughs> Steve Young, did he have a game? No, I, I don't know. I, I just throw it, I throw it out random athletes. <laughs> King Griffey uh, Jr. Charles Barkley, yeah. shut up and jam. King, King Griffey Jr. was a Nintendo guy because Nintendo owned the Mariners. Um, Sega, Sega had uh, Evander Holyfield's Real Deal Boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had um, they had some golfers too. They had um, they had Madden, um, they had, uh, Madden was EA. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. but but they were only releasing on Genesis back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, 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 Joe Montana. Oh yeah, yeah. I forget Montana sports talk. Yeah, sports <laughs> talk. Sports it around. All right. Did well, you see that ludicrous display last night? You're the one who's, who's who's actually into sports, Tyler. I'm the I one know. who's lost for the most part. I just remember all these names from my childhood playing video games. <laughs> I actually had Evander Holyfield's Real Deal Boxing on Game Gear. Um, Shaq Fu. (laughs) (laughs) On Shaq Fu, we will end it there. Uh, Jesse, why don't you tell everyone uh, where they can find out uh, any details on the upcoming Street Cleaner game? Where can they find Street Cleaner uh, if they need help in the streets during these protests? In the streets. Yeah. <laughs> um, the most, uh, I'm, I'm really bad at asking people to do things. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm not one to like try to self hype, but uh, I really need as many people to add uh, street cleaner, the video game. It's called street cleaner. What is that? Colon the video game uh, on their steam wish list. Um, basically uh, that's just a way it, it doesn't cost you anything. You just add the game onto your wish list. Um, and that's a way to lay, basically let Valve know that we're more than just two guys from San Diego turning out a game. We're just two guys from San Diego, but <laughs> you know, uh, and, and that's the most important thing, uh, that I could ask people to do right now. Um, and, and, you know, we don't make money on you wish list anything, you know, it's, that's not, that's not what it's about. It's just that, uh, uh by, when it comes time to launch the game, uh, they'll take us a little bit more seriously if we have more people on a wish list versus somebody that might have a couple dozen, you know. Uh, and so it's uh, right now you can get there by if you go to uh, street-cleaner.com. So street-cleaner.com. There's a link right up at the top on how to wish list it. Um, there's uh, creakylanterngames.com. Uh, we'll take you to Creaky Lantern Games where you can uh, 
uh, check out the other games uh, that they've done. Right now, there's only one game that is uh, still, uh, you know, accessible, uh, which is a Turnum uh, from 2013. But it's a really fun uh, bullet hell shoot 'em up. But uh, yeah, uh, soon there will there you know this year I, I haven't not focusing on writing albums or or definitely not touring or anything this year. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. It's it's all about uh, getting this game out um, and having uh, something that's a lot more than just, you know, not to be disparaging. And this might sound weird. I don't know how to put it. I'm sure there's a better way, but it's not a game that I license my music to. This is a street cleaner, the video game. Yeah. Um, so this 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 means a lot. And 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 it is to a short they basically it is. If Street Cleaner was a movie from the eighties, this would be the LJN knockoff game. <laughs> yeah. that, maybe that maybe don't say LJN when when trying to push a product of quality. <laughs> right. well, this 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 will be the the quality version of an LJN game. You know, like this will be in, what LJN reality, hoped for. Yeah, Street Street. You know how LJN would would like like you're Marty McFly, and what are you doing? You're punching clocks. You're literally punching <laughs> yes. a, a clock. Mm. You know. So that's kind of what this game is about. You're not pushing a broom, but you're like fighting mice. You go to the sewer <laughs> level. Yes, there's 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 flies in the sewer level. You know, uh, one of the mid bosses is a giant squid that comes out from the sewer and cra- grabs you and stuff. Um, you know, none of that stuff happens in the street cleaner myth- mythos, but <laughs> it would in a game that came out in 1988. So, um, yeah. yeah, cool. And, uh, and socials, yeah. uh, street cleaner on on all the things. Oh, things just yeah. I got that SEO down, so just look up for Street Cleaner. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm yeah. Uh, pretty sure if you Google, uh, Google will not think that you are actually looking for someone to clean your street. Maybe unless they I need you to clean their street. You know what I'm, I'm I like, checking though, right now. I just no. Nope. Somebody, somebody pointed out. Huh. The first, <laughs> the it, first it result. Street cleaning. The first result is a Wikipedia article. Uh, for a street sweeper. Nice, yeah. But right, so it says, I... see results about street sweeper occupation or street cleaner musical artist. Ah, oh, damn. That's what I'm about right there. <laughs> and um, technically, you are the second entry. Your band camp is the second entry on that. Oh, darn it. You know, one thing I found out recently, somebody brought this to my attention. If you just, if you have a fresh, maybe incognito window, and you just type in synthwave, um, it gives you a list of, you know, artists. I'm in there. Nice. So I'm all, I'm still, Hell yeah. I, I was, uh, I was able to get in on the ground floor there and, uh, and be part of the, uh, the synth wave, you know, hopefully when the book comes out in 20 years about synth wave, there'll be a little blur. <laughs> uh, street Cool. Well, uh, thank you for uh, joining us for this episode of uh, the Topless Robot Podcast. We really appreciate you being here with us. Uh, Thanks for letting me talk so much. Stick away. It's uh, you know why you're here. <laughs> um, stick around for the post show where we can talk some more. And uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and or listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.